used to parade around Bedford's shopping precincts wearing an army greatcoat, a mullet, a little bit of eyeliner and um, about 120 very thin silver bangles on my left. I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> well, it's time for another episode of Sigma Sports presents the Tour de France Unplugged with me, Matt Stevens. Now, before I do kick off these little... Uh, well, little intros. Uh, I'm just going to tell you where I am and why my voice is a little bit lower than normal. I'm actually um, at the start or near to the start of stage three of the Tour de France Fam Avec Zwift. I've got up very early. Um, I'm dressed in cycling shorts only um, because, yes, this is the only way to get this podcast recorded ahead of me doing what I need to do ahead of today's stage in the Tour Fam. Uh, I'm in an or- a rather orange, one of the most orangest hotel rooms ever. Um, I'm looking around, the pillows are orange, the curtains are orange, the desk I'm recording this on is orange, the walls are orange, the cupboard is orange, the bathroom is painted pale orange, and of course the curtains are so orange they look like um, orange peel uh, hanging from a rod. Right, um, now this is the final episode of the series uh, from behind the scenes at the Tour de France 2023, and what a race it turned out to be. Now, this podcast picks up where the last one left off, and that's on stage 16, a stage that turned out to be pivotal in deciding the GC winner. Now, I made some pretty bold predictions at the start of stage 17. Stay tuned to see if I got them right. Mystic Matt or not in brackets. I chatted also with Adam Blythe about high altitude curry, Ned Bolting about mullets and road wine, Laura Messiger about awkward finish line interviewing techniques, and Alberto Contador about Haribo strategy. So settle in and get comfy, but not too comfy, because this is the business end of the Tour de France Unplugged. Let's go. Remember, I'm here at the Tour de France for Eurosport GCN, where you can watch every pedal stroke of every stage live, then rewind and rewatch again, live and on demand on Discovery+. Plus. Okay, let's get stuck in. Stage 16, the individual time trial. And I don't think I've ever looked forward to a time trial more than this one, and I certainly wasn't alone. Um, on the GC, Pogac and Vingigo were stuck to one another like glue uh, until this point in the race, with less than 10 seconds. In fact, it actually was 10 seconds between them. Now, I was also looking forward to some high-altitude curry. Does ticker taste better at 1,037 metres? Well, let's find out. <laughs> We're at the start of the TT, uh, stage 16. Uh, it's boiling hot. We've just got some Fanta from Thomas Benyon, our friend at Bahrain. And guess who I'm walking next to? So I'm going to leave a pause so you can guess. Some of you have got it right, some of you got it wrong. It's friend of the pod, but mostly friend of mine, Adam Blythe. How are we doing? I'm all right. Good. How are you? Good to be back. I'm really hot. It might <laughs> be too hot. <laughs> yeah, but I'm good about it. It's nice to be here. It's um, it's busy. It's just busy getting back into the Tour de France, yeah. getting into the swing of things. It's lovely, but yeah, it's just very busy, isn't it? Watch this bike ride. We're going to get there's some bike riders. So they've been taking, yeah, the Astana. We've got like a big cool box, a big Esky from Total Energies. Just walking, 
just we're just doing a bit of a paddock walk at the moment. Me and uh, me and Adam have just done a piece to camera. Our first, is this our first piece to camera on the tour? PTC, first one, yeah. yeah. First one in. We had we did two versions. We did we did like a 12 inch. Then we remixed it slightly shorter for for the dance floor, didn't we? We went remix with the remix. Yeah, it was brilliant. The second one's going to be an absolute banger. But the first one could become very collectible. We got dancing in there, which I was quite impressed <laughs> you by. You did some dancing. Do you do think that's why oh, the Orangina um, caravan thing went by, didn't it? And you yeah. were doing some. Was that in the final one? Did you do that? Because I, I did lose no, track. I, I was trying to remember all the kilometres and percentages, and then you were dancing. I, I just got a bit of dancing in as one of the buses went past. But yeah, the <laughs> second one had to be a bit more serious. I don't think we'll get to use that one, sadly. No. Well, we'll see if we can get it off the cutting room floor. So, Adam, uh, before I wrap this little segmentini up, um, you're on a moto. I am on the moto today. Do you, do you know, though, this day is like the worst day to be on the moto because you don't get to see a lot, you don't get to chat to anyone, you don't get as involved. So, yeah, it's good, but it just could be nicer. Do you know what I mean? It could be nicer. But we've, but what have we got to look forward to tonight, mate? A lot. So much. A curry. A curry, yeah. We've got a lovely curry to look forward to, which is going to be beautiful, which is nice. Just say hello to these boys. Yeah, see you boys. Say hello, lads. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for the enthusiasm. Ah, it's OK. Well, maybe we'll try it later. Uh, but yeah, with the Ineos boys, um, I think all the other riders are out doing a recon. Um, awesome, lovely, lovely TT bikes there. Hey, how you doing? Right. So that's a little bit of a Welsh conglomerate. How is it? I'm just doing my pod. Do you want to do some introductions? This is um, going out of my Sigma Sports Unplugged pod. Okay. And who have I wandered into? Uh, ben Jenkins, Ineos Grenadiers bus driver. <laughs> Adam Blaise giving me the tickle. Yeah, it's live on air. And also, Lisa. Lisa English, hello. How is it going? I'm all right. This is your first... Lisa's a bit of a legend. Um, she's been around the scene for a long time, but incredibly... You haven't even been to France before, have you? No, I haven't. This is my first time, and what a place to be for it. It's amazing, you. Atmosphere is amazing. Loving life. Yeah. So, will you have a good day? I'm going to turn off my pod because I've got work to do. Cheers. Well, I'm uh, in my hotel room <clears throat> after a very eventful day at the time trial. Um, who would have thought? that we'd got a result that we'd get a result like that absolutely incredible um, I spent the day just at the start with Anders met up with Adam Blyther on a couple of occasions to do he was on the moto um, we were just filming a lot of stuff to do with cooling down so spoke to EF we spoke to Ineos Jumbo Visma UAE Team Emirates Uno X I actually wore Alexander Kristoff's um, ice vest talked about the importance of cooling EF were really, were really interesting they had a a cool glove which the riders sat on the turbo train and they put their hands into this mitt that cooled them down and obviously the, one of the best places to cool from is actually uh, your wrists or your hands or your feet um, and then they also had this ice stick which was like minus 25 which you could grip onto on your handlebars just to keep your core body temperature down but <clears throat> The sight of Teddy Pogaccia, not quite, but almost not far from being caught within like 300 metres. He was catching Rodriguez, so he was second on the stage, remember, but to be beaten by one minute 38 seconds. Um, it certainly hasn't ended the race. We've still got a big stage in the Jura to come and another hilly stage as well. Um, then we've got a couple of sprint stages and a breakaway stage. The opportunity is to take time are running out and that display of strength by Jonas Vingigo was we've seen some results in our time but um, that was a level above 
a nice sporting gesture as well from from Tali Borgaccia. But we were by the Yumbo Visma bus, and and they were next to the UAE bus actually, and they were warming up as best as they could in private, um, out of the glare of the public eye, keeping themselves cool as possible. But from the first pedal rev, from the first time check, it was Jonas Fingergo in the yellow jersey who started taking time there was nothing that Tadej Pogacar could do about it even the bike change essentially slowed slowed him down but um, yeah so a really cracking day I managed to get out on my bike because we got back a little bit earlier um, went out for a little ride I've just done an enormous amount of washing and I'm looking at my universal colours kit hanging from the ceiling two pairs of Calvin Klein pants a pair of Oakley shorts um, some universal colours shorts um, and then I've got like a another little hanger thing with several pairs of socks on. So it looks like a laundry in here, but that should be all dry by tomorrow. We move on. We've been in this hotel for three nights and we're about to go for a curry. So I'm going to have a drink by the bar, in the bar, relax a bit. Um, and then we're going to go for a curry in Chamonix. So when in Rome or in France or in Chamonix, go for a curry. Um, stage, we're starting in Saint-Gervais today and we're heading to Courchevel. It's another very, very conky stage. I'm with Adam, we're just walking to the buses. Me and Adam are, me and Adam are gonna do some mooching. I got it, it's all right. Um, nearly got run over, I didn't get run over, but Adam's my little guardian angel. So, um, thank you. It's an electric car as well, a lot of electric cars. Yeah, um, oh, oh, made from. Uh, that was the uh, got two to buy the Sudal Quick Step car, four by four. Um, Adam, what, what have you got in your in your in your in your baguette? I've got a bit of poulet, which is French for chicken. Flipping it, you're good, aren't you? Languages. We oui, très bien. You've also got some lettuce and some tomates, which is lettuce and tomato. I don't like tomates though. Oh, hold on, give me that bit. I love that tomatoes. bit. I can't have you thrown away tomato. Sorry. Can't believe it. Oh, who doesn't? Now, it? Who doesn't like tomatoes? Anyway, I don't like them in a sandwich. I like them in general, but not hmm. in a sandwich. So. Um, did you sleep all right? No, I didn't. I woke up at <laughs> two o'clock and I couldn't get back to sleep until about four. It was awful. And then there's this huge thunderstorm slash hailstorm at about half past six, quarter to seven that I think woke everyone up in the it hotel because it was well. so loud. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not the best sleep, but I'm all right. I'm happy I'm on the motorbike again. And also, we had a lovely curry last night. I, I tried to do a bit of podding from the table, but it was a bit chaotic. Mm. Uh, but that was, it was really nice, wasn't it? Very nice. What did you have? I had a classic mate, I had uh, I shared uh, some starters with Adam, the other Adam, Adam 2 as he's known, because he's younger, mm. he's from Scotland, um, not that he, you know, um, he's a good lad, uh, and then I had, sorry, <laughs> chicken tikka masala, uh, and um, pillow rice, rice. Nice, I had a boona, boona, chicken boona, garlic naan, and a bit of pillow rice as well, delicious. I love the fact that we're talking about curries in France at the mm. tour, uh, we just go completely rogue don't we but it's, it's just nice every now and again to break things up oh just looking ahead of me there's a young kitty on a bike a young girl on a bike she's probably about five and she's the current world champion she's got one of Remco's tops on and a, a, it looks like a brother in front is clearly is Taddy Pogaccia and, and in front of them it's uh, it's it's Rodriguez 
it's a full full like peloton with, with three of them it's unbelievable this is great to see isn't it I know oh, I it's like it. it's it. lovely but seeing little kids in the jerseys coming out and sport the Tour de France and see the heroes it's amazing it, it is great now we're just walking to we've got Pete just in front um, we're just walking to do do our job for the day we're going to walk around the buses get some atmosphere speak to a few DS's um, so yeah and the, after the storm that Adam just described it's a really lovely day so I think it's going to be another scorcher the looks of it I think so too just a quick one because mm. I feel like we're going to end this soon we are um, who's your money on for today's stage Teddy Pogaccio is it really yeah into the high mountains Tade yeah I, I just shoot them Jonas is good at altitude. I know, but I just think Tade is going to bounce back. Uh, I don't think he's going to move into the yellow jersey, but I think it will be one of those redemptive wins. So they'll be side by side, neck and neck, I think. But I think he might take the win because I think you will want to do something today. And that means the break might not get too much of a chance. You heard it here first. Well, with the top of Courchevel, uh, what a location, 2,000 metres above sea level. Air is thin, but the crowds aren't. That's quite a good line, wasn't it? The air is thin, but the crowds aren't. The top of the runway, the, the final slopes to the line are like 20%. It's insane. I'm next to Anders. And Anders, we're looking at the screen now, 6.3 k's to go. What, well, we've seen a capitulation today. We saw a dominant ride yesterday, didn't we, by Jonas? But today's been a complete and utter capitulation. Uh, there's clearly something wrong with Taddy. Yeah, for sure. And we... I think we could see it already before they started climbing. He was not looking super good. But heads off not only to, to Jonas, but Jumbo Visma team performance. Having the satellites out there with Benoit, uh, Luke Goudou is shaking his head when they, <laughs> after Vingo just passed him. But yeah, with having Benoit and Kelderman out there, it's just a masterpiece again from from Jumbo Visma. And they made it hard all day, didn't they? They clearly sensed that something was wrong with Tade or... I mean, and they just made it hard all day long and that's where we've seen him weaken in the past and they've exploited it today, haven't they? They've just stamped their authority on this race, but I don't think anybody expected the capitulation that we've seen. But now we see, I mean, at the moment, as you say, 5.4 k's to go. Tadej Pogacar's losing four minutes yeah. and that's he's going to lose another gonna minute lose or more, two. Yeah. He's yeah. going to lose more. Uh, now we see my case with uh, Adam Yates and we heard on the radio, it's quite interesting that we get, the, get these insights that... Ted, today said that I'm dead. I'm dead. Adam fight for fight for the podium, and that also shows what a what a great teammate he is. Oh, totally. Well, this Tour de France has turned itself on its head. Felix Gall is descending towards the finish. He's got 19 seconds over a real resurgence. I'm going to mic off now. Um, you'll obviously know the result uh, by the time you listen to this podcast. But tell you what, it's uh, what a day it's been on the tour. I'm looking at the podium next to Adam Blythe and Jonas Vingigo is on top of the podium in the yellow jersey and I'm with a lead of Seb Adam. Uh, we've just done our bit to camera with Pete. We've had some free chocolate. I don't think I've seen such a dominant performance by a team and a rider in a long, long time. I mean, there was a capitulation. There wasn't really an attack, a capitulation by, by Tadi Kabacha, but uh, Pogacha? Kabacha? Kabacha. What can you say about Jonas? I mean, unbelievable, isn't he? Can we swear on this? Yeah. Amazing. Like, amazing. I shouldn't swear twice, but it's the only way to describe it. He's just been... Throughout this whole tour, we've seen him getting gapped by Jon, um, by Tade on the climbs. We saw him fighting back every time. These last two days, 
another level, another level. I heard a stat today from Rob Hatch in commentary. He's got, I don't know where they did the study, but the best VO, VO2 max any athlete has ever produced. It's just astonishing. Yeah, he's, he's a different specimen. He's a rare, rare breed, a once-in-a-generation bike rider. And they're a once-in-a-generation team. You, you can't do it on his own, but the way they've ridden strategically is incredible. Placing riders up the road, um, it's, been, it's been great. What about your view, Pete? I just find it funny that you're saying he's a once-in-a-generation bike rider, and two years ago you were saying that about Tade. So, but so's Tade. Well, no, no, he's a second-in-a-generation. Exactly. It, it, do you know what? It's good to be pulled up on stuff like that, Pete. Um, but Different gravy, you, though, yeah. isn't it? Different gravy. <laughs> Different gravy. Like, Bingo isn't going to win Flanders, is he? I tell you what, the atmosphere in, in the love bus is going to be a bit soured after that comedy, isn't it, right? <laughs> Anyway, what a oh, cooking ride. I've still got four days to go. Can I, oh, okay. um, 2019, I think you and Brad said that Egan Bernal was going to win 10 tours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Well, uh, now we know that my predictions, my mystic Matt effort, were totally uh, wrong. Um, what a contrast, though, between those clips. So let's have a little look back on um, on stage 17 and 16. So stage 16, the time trial was nothing short of sensational. And on reflection, not just from me, just across the board, press, television, pundits, other riders, um, the ride of Jonas Vingago on that particular day um, is now considered amongst many people to be the best, the finest time trial of all time. Of course, he won um, in a time, uh, what well, doesn't really matter, the average speed was quite modest because it was a hilly time trial, but significantly he put a whopping 1 minute 38 into Tadej Pogacar and a 2 minutes and 51 seconds into his teammate, Wout Van Aert, um, and moved into the lead of the race um, by quite a significant margin. Um, the thing is, it wasn't as if Tadej Pogacar had done a bad ride because Tade himself put over a minute into Wout van Aert, um, and the top 10 on that, that day was spread over three and a half minutes. Absolute sensational. Um, one of the best days on the bike for Jonas Vingigo by his own admission. Um, so that put Tade Pogacar, let's be honest with you, on the back foot, and going into the following stage, um, it didn't seem great. We thought that the race was over, and there was very little room. In fact, only two mountaintop finishes, hilly stages, for Bogaccia to mount a comeback. Um, and that, well, that chance, that opportunity was extinguished emphatically on stage 17 when we finished in Courchevel. The stage was won by Felix Gall, a great ride by the young Austrian off the back of his win in the, in the Tour of Switzerland. He won solo, um, but it was the complete and utter capitulation of Teddy Pogaccia um, that basically ended the race um, or the fight for the general classification. He lost a whopping, um, I think it was about six and a half minutes, um, and the sight of him being nursed to the line by uh, Marc Soler was was quite humbling, actually. Um, but he did get a big cheer when, when he crossed the line. The crowd went absolutely wild for him uh, when he crossed the line. But I tell you what, uh, that was... Um, he didn't speak to too many people um, after the finish, actually. Um, but he was pragmatic, um, and honourable, and his dignity remained intact. But the time gap, of course, to Jonas Vingigo was one of the biggest uh, of all time. It was well over, like seven and a half minutes uh, after that stage. And really, with still um, four stages to go, the tour from a GC perspective, barring accidents, was done and dusted. 
Now, before stage 18, I caught up with Laura and we discussed tactics on how to interview a rider when you don't know if they've won or not, which, believe it or not, happens quite a lot. Also, listen out for appearances of Road Eggs, Road Wine, Ned Bolting's Mullet and Alberto Contador's Haribo Strategy. Well, um, stage 18, stage 18, Borg on Brest, we're finishing today. There's a breakaway four at the road. Uh, me and Laura are heading to the finish line with our camera crew. Um, we've just walked um, via the back of the compound and there was a funny smell, wasn't there, Laura? Yeah, mm, not very nice, no? No, uh, it's basically the smell of a porter cabin, porter loo, oh. where people go to the toilet. Um, anyway, less of that. Um, it's a tailwind finish, we're heading towards the buses. Quite often at the finish line, there's a... Um, an area where we can do the interviews, but today, because the finish is so fast, we're having to head towards the buses. Just getting checked out. Thank you, monsieur. Um, passing through the zone technique. Um, and now we're heading towards the buses. The thing is, Laura, just explain how complicated it is. We don't sometimes even know who's won the stage, do we? Like at the, at the end of a race, especially a sprint finish. I would say like almost every day, <laughs> we don't know who won, no? Just if they arrive very slow, like yesterday in Cuchevel. If not, you don't know who to chase. It's really difficult because you don't want... Maybe you know the winner, but second, third, top five, it's impossible. Yeah, and we've got... So we've got me, Laura. We've got Anders, Louis-Pierre, uh, and Adam in a little bit. So there's four of us, basically, running around, trying to pick... And out, out yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you something, Matt. Yes. So how do you do it? You don't know... Let's see. Let's say we have uh, Grovenegen at the finish line, and you don't know if he was second, third, or fourth. How do you do it? Um, What's your technique for the uh, question? That looked really chaotic, uh, Dylan. <laughs> um, I mean, it, uh, I mean, from your perspective, how did that go? <laughs> Something like that. That's isn't brilliant. It? That's the same thing I do. Like, can you can you tell us how was the sprint from? from your point of view. Yeah, I mean, when people ask, can you talk us through the 200 metres, the last 200 metres, generally it's because we do not know, although I try and do different ones than that. We're just passing through, here you go, 11.2 k's to go. We're just passing the Jumbo Visma bus here. Um, and a lot of the time as well, Larry, we can't, even though we have GCN on our phone, sometimes the signal's bad and we can't always see detailed pictures, can we? No, exactly, and it has a bit of delay. So um, normally, when the riders are already in the buses, we are seeing the, the real sprint. So <laughs> then we don't have time to chase anyone. Exactly. Well, I'm just going to hopefully not be run over by the by the uh, Group Armour FTG bus. We're here at the finish. Uh, we're just waiting for everybody to catch us up. We seem to have dropped a few because of our high tempo yeah. with Bob. Uh, and Nikita is here as well from NEP and uh, making sure we're dialed in to the mainframe. Um, and now we're just waiting really. So we've got about, we've got, probably got about 15 minutes, but we're in position. Oh, there's Anders over there who had a problem with uh, doing his stand up on the line. I believe that he was, um, his, nearly, his accreditation was nearly taken away. No. Uh, some, yeah, nearly, not quite. Some overzealous um, people, I think, around. Um, right, I'm going to button off now. We're heading f f rapidly towards a sprint. Laura, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, who do you think is going to take it today, just to put you on the spot? I think Philipsen. I'm right. going to go anyway to Lotto Destiny for the breakaway. Let's Good stuff. Great stuff. Uh, right, let's see who wins this one. You'll obviously know by the time this podcast goes out, but we don't know right at the moment. This uh, loud rumble you can hear here. 
That's the sound of a Tour de France bus. In fact, that's the uh, Jayco Alula team bus. Uh, I'm just, I've uh, done a couple of interviews, did a bit of a preview with uh, Adam. Adam's about to go live on television. Um, it's a real dynamic environment, the back end of a bike race at the Tour de France, as, uh, as all you listeners will know. I'm trying to give you a sense of that. Um, I think I might be on camera, actually. Uh, Matt, Matt White of uh, Jayco Lula doing an interview. I'm in the shot. Um, I'll just move away from being in Adam's shot. But no, I'm flipping it. What a friend of the pod wins the stage. Kasper Asgren. I mean, he is going to need to buy Victor Campanart a beer, I think, after that enormous lead out. You had Pascal Inkhorn there as well. And Johannesson from Uno X. Um, yeah, that was a cracking stage. I think what it does show is that, uh, firstly, that was a strong breakaway. And secondly, the sprinters' teams are getting tired. Just come out of the mountains. Uh, they've had to haul their weary bodies over the mountains. Uh, and forced to chase, um, they were just crack. They nearly got them in the end, but it just showed there's a there's still a lot of fight in riders wanting to win stage of this race, as you'd expect, and especially for a team um, as well regarded as uh, as Sudal Quickstep. Um, they're a squad who who should win stages in the Tour de France, uh, and they have. And uh, I was at the team bus when the, just after the victory. Um, was was announced and they went absolutely nuts and I interviewed Rémi Cavagna the French uh, uh, the TGV from Clermont-Ferrand um, he was uh, overjoyed spoke to Mikhail Morkov Michael Morkov as well um, but yeah that was a great stage I'm chuffed actually for Cass because he's such a hard working rider and the stats said at the end that he did 37% of the work on the front so we're going to head back in a minute Adam's just about to go live on television with his baseball cap on backwards because um, he's just you know he's just that kind of guy isn't he? and I'm still in frame uh, from a, 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 a video for Jacob Alula I can't get out of the frame um, so I'm just going to pretend I'm not there um, I've got two I've got three innovators um, around me um, you cut Verdi out of it then. Oh, no, maybe me. No, it was actually Adam yeah. I cut out. Then I realised <laughs> that you, you've always innovated. Wow. But I'm going to move over first off to um, a man I've known for a very, very long, long, long time. Um, nobody knows his real name, uh, but he just turns up at events, uh, giving people uh, dairy-based gifts. Um, is there an egg dairy, Verdi? You can't class an egg as dairy, though. What is it then? Well, dairy comes from a cow, doesn't it? It's bovine. It's poultry. It's poultry. So, yeah. I'll. I'm not. I'm not going to bother rewinding. I'm just going to go. To, so, on various tours, I thought. It, I thought poultry was part of dairy. It's not, is no, it? No, it's, it's definitely poultry. Different animal. It's avian. It's an avian-based food stuff. So, road eggs. Road eggs. You basically give me an egg, and you, you write on it the the, the kind of uh, some stuff about yeah. where it's come from, don't you? And you give it to me on the Tour yeah, de France. It, it was a little trend that we started about five years ago on the tour, wasn't it? I think. I was at, <laughs> in French, <laughs> I'm not doing a telephone well, you've got full In, friend, in French hotels, you often get these little basket things that you put soft-boiled eggs into. It take about nine hours to boil. Mm. But I thought, do you know who would love one of these? Matt Stevens. So I popped one in for I set my alarm early. I got up. You set I your alarm early? So I wanted to pop you one in and I'd have it cooled so I could write on it in a Sharpie during my breakfast. And I wrote, dear Matt Stevens. Welcome to your very first road egg. Lots of love, Verdi. Do you remember? I know. Of course I do. Well, I wouldn't have brought it up. So you're an, you're an egg you innovator. Of course I've kept it. I am an egg innovator. Yeah. And, uh, well, next up on, on the list of innovators, uh, well, is the man with the longest hair at the Tour de France. Yeah. It's Ned Bolting. Oh, no, well, you yeah. haven't, but you are 
Ned, I mean, no, you really because you. Is this the longest your hair's been since you were a young man? Yeah. Yeah, since I, I used to wear an army since the since the mid nineteen eighties in Bedford, where I used to parade around Bedford's shopping precincts wearing an army greatcoat, a mullet, a little bit of eyeliner, and um, about one hundred and twenty very thin silver bangles on my left. I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> you gotta love a bit of bolter, haven't you? Yeah, okay. Oh, I need, I've, I've already said this off camera, and I appreciate we've got to go in a minute. But um, in the Eurosport uh, love van yesterday, we cracked open some paper cups and a bottle of red wine uh, known as road wine I must sort of emphasise that the driver didn't partake in that it was only the passengers for safety reasons uh, but do try at home if you're not driving um, and it was Ned who introduced us wasn't it when did road wine no road wine pre-Giro is this something that, 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 you, that, you, that you started to do in Germany back in the 80s or when did it actually germinate I think it was the 2021 Jira that we did together. I think it was probably the first road wine experiment. But um, <laughs> it's quite well established now, isn't it? And, and the price point is rising steeply because we're not content with any old uh, road wine. So, yeah. And, and there's also the introduction of the arm gimbal as well. Um, you'll know about gimbals. Uh, I've only been a camera op. Uh, and more than that, you're a bloody decent human being as well. But, um, yeah, <laughs> we spilt some yesterday. I did warn Pete. Uh, about uh, yeah, well, well, engage your arm gimbal. We're not going to go too much. It was, it was, it, he spilled some wine. Uh, but yeah, arm gimbals. Um, so, Ned, uh, what's next? Uh, stage 20, Matt. Yeah. Thank you, stage 20. Always a great. <laughs> Cheers, Ned. Uh, and finally, I'm on the third innovator on the list. And I don't know what you've innovated, but I tell you what I have innovated joy on a motorbike in the Tour de France. So, what was it like that. out there today, mate? It's lovely. Nice and fast. Got it done quickly. Um, yeah, we've got to go though, so we've got to, we'll end it quickly. That's it. That, that'll yeah. do. Yeah. That'll do. Very good podcasting. Thank you. Are you not going to highlight the fact about Ned just bouncing a random ball? No, Ned was bouncing a ball. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Right. Yeah. That'll, that that'll do nice for today. Start. Oh, we won the stage. I've never seen. Natty Mohoric won the stage. Oh, yeah, Mohoric won the Mohoric stage. Mohoric near Bolton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matty Mohoric, it's emotional. Oh, he's emotional. He didn't think he'd won. He got cramped and then, then he won and, and I, I gave him a little bit of a hug. Did you? Yeah, and then did Fred he, turned did, up did and it was, all, it was amazing. One? You know the cramp face? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. But anyway. It's a bit like a bolt of lightning going through your it's not pleasant. sternum, isn't it? It's not pleasant. Anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll mic off. Bloody uh, Michael. We're just here uh, at the start village of stage 20 of the tour with Alberto Contador. He's having his photo taken uh, and he's eating some uh, special Haribo. Uh, do you want to talk, us, talk to me about the special Haribo uh, of the Tour de France and how important they are for the start of the day, Alberto? This is very important. The riders eat this after the stage, but we need to eat before the stage because we need to stay ready for attack. And then today will be a really difficult start. You have two options, roller or Aribo. And then we take Aribo. Thank you very much indeed. Well, for, for logistic. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you need to be serious, but thank you, Alberto. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Alberto Conte. Only going to stand up, giving us some uh, Haribo advice. Uh, it's Andre Greipel. How are you, mate? Good to see you. You all right? Yes, sir. I'm not bad, mate. Not bad. Catch up with you in a minute. Right, uh, we're going to do some... That's Andre Greipel, friend of the pod. Adam Bly, friend of the pod. We're all friends of the pod. Um, 
Yeah. No, we're not. We just pretend to like you. I've been joking. I've been joking. We really love really you, Matt Stevens. I'm off, aren't I? I'm off right. to the tour fam. Avic Swift uh, after today. Just for uh, context, I've just put my arm around Matt just to say we do love you and we are definitely going to miss you. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to miss you missing me. You bring a vibe. vibe. You bring a vibe to this team like no one else can bring. Pete, we're having a three-man hug. Army Pete. We, we were. Three I, it didn't last long enough, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know you were podding, I thought you were just... Oh, no, I've, I've had a bit of Alberto Contador uh, on the pod. Given us his Haribo tactics for today. Uh, so he's been eating some Haribo and gave us one of his very strange but quite beautiful uh, intros. I do like his... What was strange about it? No, he just said uh, he's going to attack from the gun today, uh, fueled by Haribo. Oh, that's good, that's good. That's good then. Does he include his stand-up? I don't know, I didn't see it, but um, it was a minute It was a minute and a half and there was a lot of content in there, so he might have done it at like triple speed. And Alberto, <laughs> in Spanish, speaks quite quickly, so it might be quite intense, to be honest. Brilliant stuff. Is right, I better get ready to work. Oh. Sorry, mate, is this like a goodbye for the morning? So, no, it's not the official one, it's just like warming up to get to the goodbye. We'll do, okay. a, we'll do a separate goodbye. Okay, all right, but right now, it's a temporary goodbye. Right, we've got a few seconds to go before stage 20 of the Tour. It's my last stage. I'm now going to head down to the Tour de France fam, Avic Zwift. Um, did a few good interviews. Interviewed Tali Pogaccia, Tom Pidcock. Had a photo taken in the mix zone with all my uh, Eurosport GCN buddies. What a great team. Um, and I'm going to record the countdown. It's the first time I've done it. Here we are in Belfort. So here we go. The countdown begins. That's the cheer in the background. So here we go. And they're off. And they're off. Right, I'm off on a long drive of five hours now to Clermont-Ferrand. Um, I'll catch you later. I, uh, after a long day, um, I am now in Clermont-Ferrand. So, saw the race off this morning in the men's race. Um, ultimately won by Tadej Pogacar. Um, um, quite an interesting post that he did um, on Instagram. So I'm, I'm recording this at midnight. Um, and he said that he wasn't really happy with this, uh, the aggression that he showed or maybe the, um, the facial expressions um, as he crossed the line. And... And I think that was just pent up frustration and anger. And I think that's that's quite natural. Um, desperately wanted to win another stage. Um, Vigigo was on his tail most of the day. He wouldn't give him any space despite only being seven, well, despite being, sorry, seven minutes behind. Um, but no, really, yeah, enthralling final stage, I think. Um, just showing us that Tali Pogacar is, yeah, still hungry and can bounce back from um, yeah from a couple of very difficult stages for him um, capitulation in the mountains um, things that we keep talking about that time trial has been it was second you know a minute and a half down okay but still a minute in front of Wout Van Aert so 
yeah, we the, we we hold the bar very high. Um, the standards are very high when it comes to viewing Tally Pogacar. But um, yeah, all um, all said and done, by the time you listen to this pod, the race will have been settled, and ordinarily it will be Jonas Vingegaard, of course, who takes a very well-deserved victory. Um, so yes, I left the race and my team. I'm now. Um, as I said, back in Clermont-Ferrand in my bedroom, in my hotel here for two nights, and the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift starts, so that'll be a complete new podcast. Um, so, hope you enjoy listening to that one in over a week's time, when that race is done and dusted. But, um, yeah, I've enjoyed the tour. I'm going to miss out on Paris, unfortunately. But that's the way it is. Um, so, another eight days of... of top level bike racing um, and I'm looking forward to it I've met my team um, at dinner which I'll talk about another time I'm absolutely knackered now so I'm going to get some sleep now following all of those different vignettes which do go off on uh, quite a few different tangents um, I, as you know, didn't actually see the final stage of the tour uh, because I was travelling down to the Tour de France Femme. But a little bit of a wrap-up of the last few stages, 18, 19, 20 and 21. Um, a magnificent victory uh, on stage 18 of Caspar Asgren, friend of the pod, of course, a lovely chap. But the team of Sudal Quickstep had been under immense pressure um, and he got away in a group of three riders towards the end of the race. Um, and, uh, and, and took the sprint emphatically. In fact, um, a super hard day's racing on, on a stage that was super hard fought for, but you could, I was outside the Sudal Quickstep bus and you could feel the pressure relieved because that's one of the biggest teams in the world, big expectations. And it was on the shoulders of Kaspar Asgrim that it was finally um, delivered. Moving on to stage 19, um, a similar stage in terms of profile, just up and down all day. And this stage, proved to be the fastest um, of this year's Tour de France and the fifth fastest road stage in history. And it was absolutely incredible. Runoff at 49 kilometres an hour. One in the end by Matej Mohoric from the previous stage winner, Kaspar Asgren, in a photo finish. Um, that was powerful um, and a great victory for Mohoric and his team um, after a, well, tremendously difficult few months. Yeah, the emotion on the finish line um, was palpable, um, not only because of the, the contrast in, in emotions, not thinking he'd won and then winning, and then obviously found, finding out that he'd won, but more, uh, it was another victory in the memory of, of Gino Maida, of course, uh, which made uh, the moment even more poignant. Now, stage 20, uh, the penultimate stage of the race, was a real stage of redemption. Um, to Lynn Mark Stein. That was won, of course, by Tani Pogaccia. Um, a quite magnificent win. He'd had a couple of stages to get back on track physically. Um, although we're deep into the race now and I had a conversation with him at the start of that stage, my final stage actually, before I whizzed it back down, or back down to Clermont Ferrand for the start of the women's tour. Um, but no, that clearly meant a lot to him. Didn't, well, might only claw back a few seconds, but it was the, I think it was the, it was just a statement, really. A second stage win for him, just to tell people that he was back in the game after a couple of wobbles on the stages that ultimately lost in the race. But I think that was arguably the most important win of this year's race for Taddy Pogacar. And then finally on stage 20, a stage that I 
obviously didn't watch on site because again, I was in Clermont-Ferrand for the second time in three weeks, watching with a pint of beer in a bar with some of my colleagues from the Tour de France fam Avec Swift. And it was a superb win by Jordi Mayus, a man who came into the Bora Hansgrohe team um, very, very late and who I understand rang up Sam Bennett to apologise on his selection because he wasn't aiming to win the Tour or, or go to the Tour, should I say. Um, had a couple of top tens, but was um, a little bit off the top sprinters in the race. But to win on the Champs-Élysées, the Champs-Élysées, absolutely fantastic and the biggest win of his career. And I think that's his first ever World Tour win as well. What a way to do it. The final overall then, Jonas Vingigo taking back-to-back wins in the Tour de France. And what can you say about the man from Denmark? Um, not quite an enigma, not quite a mystery, uh, but clearly somebody who is immensely talented and we understand recorded one of the highest VO2 maxes ever um, and is just a well-oiled machine, super, super focused, lethal on the road, knows what, he's, what he needs to do. And it appears that... His sole focus is winning the Tour de France, and he has become very, very good at it. Um, his winning margin in the end was 7 minutes 29 over Pogaccia and at 10 minutes 56 over Adam Yates. And a bit of a nod as well to Simon Yates, who just finished behind him. So two Yates brothers, third and fourth on the general classification. Um, Jasper Philipsen winning the green jersey, of course. Um, four stage wins for him. And Giulio Ciccone having a spotted bike, um, of course, winning the, uh, the King of the Mountains. But a great tour, I think it's fair to say. Although the winning margin suggest otherwise, um, I think it was a tour for the ages, not just because of the overall battle and the way that Pogacar kept trying, um, although he failed. Um, it was the racing in between. There was no real let up at all. I think it was some of the fastest, uh, most aggressive, unpredictable racing I've ever seen. And that made the whole of the Tour de France a tour for the ages. So the Tour de France done and dusted. Really enjoyed podding. Um, in a very tangential style, but I hope you enjoyed essentially me bringing you an essence of what I do. It is, it's, it's, it's tiring, but it's beautiful. It's brilliant. You meet so many different people. You work as a team. Um, and I'm not saying I'm a journalist in any way, but, um, I love the dynamism of working on the tour, thinking on your feet, breathing in, um, the tour de France and, and, and France, you just live the race and it's lovely being on the ground doing what I do. So, um, yeah, long may that continue because I'd miss it if I wasn't able to go there as tiring and as exhausting as it is. Unless you didn't listen to the start of the pod and have scrubbed right to the end, which would be quite weird, um, uh, you'll know that I am in an orange room uh, at the start or near to the start of stage three of the Tour de France Femme avec Swift. And I'm podding. And yes, I have been recording some more vignettes and will be uh, doing a Tour de France Femme avec Swift unplugged podcast as well, wrapping up the entire race. So you've got that to look forward to as well. This podcast was produced by the effervescent Noel Gaffney on behalf of Hot Chili. Thanks to all of my colleagues at Eurosport GCN for putting up with my nonsense. And most of all, thanks to you for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe and rate the pod. And why not recommend it to your cycling friends or anyone who might be interviewing a pro cyclist just beyond the finish line without knowing their finishing position. Cheers all, stay safe and goodbye. Goodbye.